We've been in a series called A New Start. Look at your neighbor and say, we need a new start. How many of you are glad that 2017 is behind us? This is 2018, and uh, we need a new start. I was walking my dog the other day, um, and, uh, you know, I, I was just, you know, kind of bringing them around the neighborhood. And uh, I, I was walking in another neighborhood, and they had uh, an older couple sitting outside in their lounge chairs. And, of course, my dog decided to stop in their yard, you know what I mean? Stopped in their yard and uh, did what dogs do, you know. And so um, I was trying to tug him because obviously he stopped in the one yard where people are outside looking directly at us. And so he stops in the yard. I'm trying to tug, but I can't do anything. It is what it is. And so so after he was done doing his thing, I started to walk off. And the neighbor said, hey, you going to bring that with you? And I was like, uh, <laughs> This is a job for Noah. <laughs> I need to go get a plastic bag and go get Noah. And, and, and he said, you know what? Uh, I got a plastic bag right here. And I just thought, this is like the devil right here to just make me, you know, pick up my mess and bring it with me. You know what I mean? That's what the enemy loves to do. He likes for you to just take your mess with you. How many of you know we need to leave our mess behind and we need a new start? We don't need to take our mess with us. We need a new start. How many of you want a new start? And I just believe God's going to do that today, and, and uh, he's going to begin to show us ways to begin to have a new start. And so we've been talking about uh, the presence of God and enjoying God, delighting in God, because he's awesome. Jesus is awesome. He actually is in a good mood. You know what I mean? He has a great personality. Uh, we can enjoy him. He's not the Hollywood Jesus with blue eyes and a perm. You know what I'm saying? He, we, we can't look at him that way. He is, he is uh, he's unbelievable. Everything that you love about people, it all came from God. And he can be our friend, right? And so we talked about delighting in God. We talked about finding him. In the second week, we talked about finding him in the word of God. Because the word of God always points to Jesus. The whole purpose of the word of God is to point to Jesus because he is the main figure. Even when you read the Old Testament, everything is a shadow of Jesus. And the whole point is to find him. And the whole point is to say, God, I know I'm your child and I want to be like you. What are you asking me to do? And so the word of God, the second week we talked about really starting to activate the word of God in our lives, which is saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to be like my Lord and Savior. And so the second week, I want to, uh, the third week, I want to talk to you about something that I feel like is going to really, um, if you take it and you lay hold of it, it will really change you. And, uh, and it will begin, you'll begin to see a huge difference in your lives and breakthrough in your lives. And God's going to begin to change the atmosphere in your home and the atmosphere at your work. And uh, God's going to begin to really just change things because you have the power to change things. When we start to get into a place where we don't think that we have the authority to change things, we don't really, we don't really use our weapons, right? But when we come into faith and we say, you know what, I believe that God's word is true, then we begin to see things happen. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 55 that his word never goes void, so when his word goes out, it's going to penetrate something. He just needs people to speak his word. He needs people to declare 
his word. The Bible says that it does not come back void. How many of you know we're his ambassadors? And he called us to declare his word. And so I want to I wanna read something to you today. Um, it's in Revelations 12, 7 through 11. And then we're going to read a story uh, in Joshua. It says this. And war broke out in the heaven. Say war. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. This is the enemy. And the dragon and his angels fought, and they did not prevail, nor was there a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon, which is Satan, was cast out. The serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives, say deceives. Well, this is his main deal right here. He deceives the whole world. He, he was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and power of his Christ has come. For the accuser, say accuser. The accuser of our brethren, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. How many of you are thankful for that? And they, speaking of us, overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. This is what God is saying. The enemy was cast out of heaven and he was dwelling on earth. And the whole, uh, the whole objective of the enemy was to deceive, uh, deceive man. Not only did he try to deceive man, but he always brought accusations to God about man. So if you ever felt like you, didn't, you were wondering why you ever felt guilty or you ever felt like you weren't good enough, it's because the enemy is real. You know, we can, pro you know, pretend like he's not real, but he is real. The enemy's real and God is real and we have to make sure that we are in a place where we can really uh, discern what is God and the enemy because he comes to deceive. You know, he plants these little seeds that are subtle and these subtle seeds can cause us to get off track and we can start to listen to the lies of the enemy and it can start to trip us up. And so... I believe today God is going to begin to expose some of those lives and you're going to start to get free from that. Because, uh, listen, our flesh, the enemy, he's subtle. And he's always going and he's always accusing and he's always trying to bring up your past and bring up your failures and bring up your faults. But when Jesus came and he shed his blood, it gave us the power to overcome the enemy. It gave us the power to overcome his control. How many of you know that the enemy came to control men because he's jealous of men? He knows he can't get to God, so he tries to go against God's children. You know, if you want to if you want to uh, if you want to really hurt a parent, go after their kids. You know, you might not be able to touch the parent, but if you go after the kids, you're touching the parent. Am I right about it? And so the enemy knows when he was cast out of heaven, the Bible says that he was the prince and the power of the air. He was in charge. He had this domain, and God did something special. He made man, and when he made man, he gave men the crown of the earth. So the enemy was in charge, 
But then God put man in charge and the enemy was jealous. The enemy, how many of you know that jealousy comes from the enemy? The enemy was jealous because he's not original. He was original when he was obeying God. But when he got kicked out of heaven because of rebellion, I think it's amazing that somebody can be in the presence of Almighty God and still have, have problems with God. Think about that for a second. That you can be in the presence of God and still have pride enter your heart and begin to uh, rebel against God. And how many of you know that's why the word of God, that's important for our life to get in sync with God. And so, and so uh, God put Adam and Eve on the earth and the enemy tried to deceive them because he knew if I can get some of me in them, they'll lose their crown. They'll lose their authority. They'll lose their dominion. They won't be able to live this life of freedom. And that is the whole point that God put man on the earth because he wanted somebody to enjoy. How many of you know it had to be cool being Adam and Eve waking up in the cool of the day and in the cool of the day you're walking with God and you're working with God and God is just allowing you to create and allowing you to be a part of him and you're just walking with him. That's God's plan for men on the earth. But the enemy came and deceived Adam and Eve, and they ate of the fruit that was forbidden, and sin entered man. And so in that place, the enemy took rule or authority over man because sin entered them. And so there was this, there was this um, like they were talking about this morning, there was this wall be- between God and man. And Jesus came, Jesus came to break down that wall. And Jesus came to show us his love so that the enemy no longer can have control of us, but it is just the reciprocal. We begin to torture the enemy. Listen, we can try to, like, avoid this talk, but really what God really wants you to do is wreak havoc on the enemy. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent, talking about us, the, the violent take it by force. What is he talking about? It's those that are violent against sin and the enemy and violent about God's kingdom begins to come in the earth and you start to see the enemy flee. Now, we could just be like little Christians, kumbaya, let's not talk about the devil. Because that's weird, you know what I mean? Let's not talk about the demons, because that's weird. But how many of you know if you have a rat in your house and you ignore it, it doesn't mean he's not going to eat all your food? No, that thing's going to eat your food. I had a rat the size, this size in my house one time when I lived in Baton Rouge. It was eating my bananas. I thought it was my kids. It, the, the rat got so big on, on the bananas that it started, like, eating my cookies, you know what I mean? Got the whole bag of cookies, and it was jammed in the side. This was a rat. I tried to ignore it, but I couldn't. I got to kill the rat. I became the rat hunter, started getting traps and figuring out how, listen, you want to ignore it. You want to ignore it. Oh, those aren't rat droppings. That's just like, uh, that's like, uh, you know, uh, mud. Uh, No, don't ignore it. You can try to ignore it, but your life's going to be miserable. God's going to, the rat's going to eat all your fruit. And so we want to live in a world that just wants to keep life light and pithy. We don't want to talk about any kind of war in heaven because uh, war means you got to fight. And sometimes uh, we don't want to fight. As humans, we avoid fighting. But God says, hey, this is what I want you to do in life. you gotta, you got to fight the enemy. 
because I've given you the authority. I brought my son in the earth, and I've given you weapons and tools to fight. And so the, the message for you today, the message that I'm giving to you the, today is the war of words. The war of words. Write that down. The war of words. Because the enemy, he comes in and he brings this war. And Paul said, you got to fight the good fight. You can't ignore that the enemy is real. You have to be in a place where you say, no, where I go, the enemy flees. Come on, that's why when Jesus came on the earth and people had sickness and disease that came from the enemy, he would get around these people and those things would flee. How many of you want to be a person that steps in the purpose of God and the enemy has to flee when you're around? See, the enemy loves darkness, but God said that we are the light of the world. So when we are around, the darkness has to go. You can't have a situation, you can't have so much darkness that it, that it covers up the light. No, when you put light in darkness, guess what's shining the most? It's the light. How many of you want to be such a light that when you walk into a place, when you walk into your family or your household, when you walk into your school, you're shining a light and the enemy has to flee? Come on. When you go into the hospital and there's cancer in the hospital that did not come from God, that you go into that hospital and it has to flee. How many of you know that that is our purpose? Our purpose is to carry this light and cause the enemy to run. And so I believe that many, many Christians are, they're, they're either getting their brains beat in by the enemy and just take it. How many of you know that, that uh, if you get in a fight, just, just don't take punches? You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't get your head beat in. Do something. Come on, somebody. And so many Christians can be in a place where we're, we're, just, we're just taking it. Or we can be up in a place where we're just running. How many of you know that God has given us the authority to run over the enemy? Come on, the enemy wants your family divided. Don't think he doesn't. The enemy wants divorce in your family. The enemy wants your kids to get off and, and begin to do things in the world and get uh, all thrown off. The enemy wants that. you got to know something, that the enemy hates you. Come on, somebody. The enemy hates you because you look like God, and he wants to destroy you. We can pretend like we're not in a war, but we are. How many of you know that when people are strapping bombs on them and blowing themselves up in our nation, we can't just like pretend like that, that, that there's no problem with that. No, there's a war. There are people that want to not believe that there's a war going on, but there's a war going on. And the more that you avoid it, uh oh, like, they'll just go away. No, they're not. They hate you. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from the enemy himself. He hates your children. He hates your friends. He hates your church. Why do you think you have so many splits in church and problems in church? Because he hates the church. And when Christians stop fighting, division begins. When, when Christians stop fighting, then sin takes over, and we just kind of become this kumbaya people that, that, that just are passive. How many of you know that God never called us to be passive? He called us to be violent but with peace. He called us to be in a place where, like Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. Why did he anoint me? To preach good news, to set the captives free. Those that are in prison are released. Come on, if we're not doing that, then we're not doing anything. 
If somebody today is dealing with demonic forces, they need to come into the presence of God and get free because you have the anointing and the blood of Jesus. Come on, this is not fairy tale. This is not a theory. This is not something weird. This is real. And either we're fighting or we're just pretending. Come on, Christianity is not just about us. It has to be beyond us and we get into a fight. This life is a fight. But how many of you know that we have the victory? We have the victory. Jesus said they overcame. He already told us what the end looks like. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They overcame. How many of you know we need to overcome? We need to overcome. You ever try to overcome something? It's not easy. Overcome an obstacle, overcome opposition, it's not easy. And the passive never overcome it. How many of you know that God wants to begin to allow us to start to overcome the enemy and, and eliminate the enemy out of our lives? The enemy's got to get out of our marriages. Come on, somebody. You know, we don't need to come to church and then leave church and we're yelling and screaming and punching and threatening and saying the word divorce and all that. The enemy's having his way in a lot of marriages because we didn't, we didn't believe that he gave us the power to overcome. You know, a, a household shouldn't have kids ranting and raving and slamming doors and talking back to their parents. How many of you know that that's what the enemy wants? The enemy wants sickness. The enemy wants death. The enemy wants poverty. There's nothing about God, there's nothing inside of God that has anything to do with poverty. God did not cause, call you to be poor. Well, this is just the lot that God gave me. No, he didn't. God called us to overcome. Are y'all hearing me today? God called us to overcome. And unless the people of God overcome, we're losing this thing. You wonder why we have to be such a close-knit community. Because if your brother gets in a fight, you better jump in. If you don't, you're called a coward. If something happens to me and I make a phone call and say, man, I need you to pray for me. And you don't know how to pray, I'm calling somebody else. I want to know if I call you, you know how to call down heaven and miracles begin to show up on the earth. Because that's what Christianity is. It's not being entertained on Sunday. Come on. It's not being entertained on Sunday. Sunday mornings are for one purpose, to enter the presence of God and the enemy fleeing. That's why people that don't know God need to come. Invite them. I don't care if they're Muslims. I don't care if they're homosexual. I don't care if they're alcohol. Alcoholics, I don't care if they're homeless. I don't care if they're the outcasts. Bring them. Because the only reason that they're dealing with that is because Christians are sitting on their hands instead of saying, I got the anointing to see a breakthrough in their life. Jesus did all that he had to do. You say, well, God, you do the work. God said, no, I've given you authority to do the work. He said, I want you to make my enemies my footstool. That's pretty embarrassing. That would be like if I'm sitting in a chair and say, Mark, just, uh, just lay flat so I can prop my feet up on, on you. How many of you know that's humiliating? How many of you know we need to humiliate the enemy? We got to humiliate the enemy and quit saying, you know what? Well, you know, it is what it is. The circumstances, it is what it is. Listen, Jesus taught us one thing. You see these waves? You see these storms? He said, peace be still. He called things into existence and things happened. Come on. 
I don't want I don't want our church to be the church that doesn't know how to pray. I don't want our church to be the church that doesn't know how to bring heaven to earth. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and he said, this is how I want you to pray. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last time I checked, there's no sickness in heaven. Last time I checked, there's no division in heaven. Last time I checked, there's no divorce in heaven. We got to say, we got to rise up, begin to believe God's words, get a little, get a little violent, See, see, it's really you being violent that's going to bring the peace. You say, I just want peace. Well, listen, that you have entered into a war. Come on. You've entered into a war. And, and what God wants us to do, knocking stuff over, I'm too excited. What God wants us to do is to fight. He wants us to fight. Well, I don't think I'm cut. Listen. I don't think I'm cut out for that thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't really want, you're in it. You're in it. You can't get out of it. You either win or you lose. Isn't that what a fight is? You better know if you're getting in a real one, you're either winning or losing. I, I, I choose to win. Come on, God said that you can do all things. There are mountains in your life that God wants to crush down, but he cannot crush down unless you open your mouth and you begin to declare God's word and see those mountains crushed. If Jesus himself had to use the very word of God to get rid of the enemy, then what are we doing? You can't just think good thoughts and the enemy's going to flee. You can't just say, well, I'm just going to be positive, and the enemy is going to flee. What did Jesus have to do? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. If we don't get in the word of God and see what is written, we will lose this war. If we don't get in the word of God and begin to declare the word of God, then we're going to lose this war. But when we pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and said, I am born to wreak havoc on the enemy, you're going to start to see real peace in your life. And I just believe today God wants us to begin to have his word in our mouth and begin to do some warfare. You say, well, that's weird. It's not weird. It's why we're here. We're here to cause heaven to come on earth. There's a story in the Bible. It's a story in Joshua. I really love this part of scripture. It's in Joshua 10. You can read it on your own time. But it was a time where Joshua... uh, Joshua and his army, the Israelites, they uh, started taking possession of the land. And they started, they had to overcome the enemy. Isn't it interesting that God gave them the land, but they still had to fight? God gave them the land, said, it is your land, I'm going to be with you, but you got to overcome the land. you got to overtake the land, right? God's already given you the promises, but you got to take them. Come on, somebody. you got to take them. Are you taking your promises or are you waiting for God to put it in your lap? Are you taking what God said you can have or are you you're waiting around for God to do something other than dying on the cross, shedding his blood, and give us all the ammunition that we need to win? I believe that God's going to cause us to rise up in 2018 and start to see the enemy defeated. How many of you know that God doesn't want to have a room of spectators? 
God wants to have a room of descendants that begin to say, you know what, I'm a children of God. I'm not here to be entertained. I'm here to see God's purpose revealed on the earth. Come on, man. It's actually fun when you're winning. It's actually fun when you see the enemy flee. There has to be a moment where you draw the line in the sand. It's like that big bully that's running his mouth the whole time, right? Pushing you and picking on you. There is a moment. He's going to do it for the rest of your life until you rear back and punch him in the nose. You say, that's not God. I feel like it's God. <laughs> the enemy, he, listen, he might, he might be badder, bigger. He might even kick your butt after, but he's going to think twice when he touches you again. Come on, somebody. The enemy, he is a bully, and he's pushing you around. you got to draw a line in the sand, even if you're scared, and say, i gotta, I got to step over here. That's why God said, I want you to be full of courage and full of strength, because walking this life of faith is not for the faint and the weak. Y'all with me today? I believe that God is going to do something in us. I, Joshua was in a place where he had to... God's given him the land, but he had to defeat some armies. And there was a situation where there were five armies that he had to defeat at one time. You know, that, that, that's not an easy task. There were five armies that he had to defeat. He actually prayed to God. He said, God, let the sun stand still. God, let the sun stand still and gave him time to win over and conquer his enemies. How many of you know that God's going to give you the grace to conquer your enemies? He's going to give you the grace to conquer your enemies. Don't give up. You might say, man, this addiction thing, it's a lost cause. This, uh, this, uh, this immorality thing, it's a lost cause. It's not a lost cause. God, God is ready for you to stand up and fight and say enough is enough. I'm going to begin to fight and see God overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So I love what Joshua did. It's such a cool picture. It's a violent picture. How many of you know that the Bible's not always PG? That didn't go over well. It's just not. Read it. They got a lot of, they got a lot of stuff going on in there. And, and Joshua said, listen, we got to find these kings. We got to find these kings because if we're going to win the battle, we got to see the source of what we're going after. And so they go and they find these five kings. And the, the, Joshua said, I want you to find them. They started hiding out in caves. Listen, when you start to chase after the enemy, he's going to hide. He cannot match what's in you because of the blood of Jesus. Do you believe that? He can't match what's in you. He can't match even the circumstances. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So they go and they find these five kings, and they trap them in this cave. So the, the cave that they're hiding out in, they trap them. Then Joshua says, okay, go get them out. Go get them out, and I want you to do something. C come here, Mark. It's not going to be comfortable. Just, I'm just, just, just lay, lay down on the floor, on your back, preferably. Thank you. <laughs> I always use you for these things. You're so good at it. So he said, this is what I want you to do. Get them out of the cave, and I want you to put your foot on their neck. I want you to put your foot, their foot on your neck. And then he tells them, listen, this is the way all your enemies are going to be for the rest of your life. 
I want you to put your foot on their neck, and I want you to see something. And he's declaring something over, you okay, man? <laughs> he's declaring something over their lives. He's saying, every day of your life, this is what the enemy looks like. Don't forget it. He said you got to be courageous and you got to be strong. But every single day, this is what the enemy looks like. They're under your feet. Hey, they took them and they put them on a pole. They cr- <laughs> Thank you, man. And they killed them. And they killed them. And they overtook that land. I say all that to say this. The first thing we have to recognize is we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find the enemy. We got. He's a thief. Am I right about it? The Bible says to stay alert. Look at your neighbor and say you got to stay alert. First Peter five eight. It says stay alert and watch out for your enemy because he's prowling like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. He's a thief. Jesus said in John ten that he's the father of lies. That he comes and he deceives and he's seeking you. How many of you know the first thing we have to do is we have to find the enemy? We have to begin to detect what the enemy is in, in between our ears. Now, the enemy operates primarily with our thoughts. And we will either ignore the thoughts that are from the enemy and let them be seeds that will grow weeds in our life. Or we will eradicate those thoughts and only take the thoughts of God in. See, we got to be alert. We have to be alert. We have to say, no, 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 that's not God. This is God. How many of you know discernment is very important? Discernment's important to say, no, 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 that's not God. This is God. That's not God. This is God. Right now, with the word of God, some of you, you are beginning to see what the, the thoughts you've been thinking is not the word of God, it's from the enemy. They're not even your own thoughts. Think about that. You think you have your own thoughts. You do. God's given you the ability to think, but the war that God is talking about is in your heart. The war is between your ears. That there are suggestions and accusations of the enemy, and either we accept it or we reject them. Now, we can't reject them by just saying we're going to think different. If God had to reject the enemy by the word of God, so, so do we. How many of you know that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians to take every thought captive? Like Joshua took these guys captive, put them in a cave. It says, he said, you got to take every thought captive. Let's read it. Can we read it? 2 Corinthians 10.5. Casting down all arguments and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, say every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Are you thinking something that's outside of God's word? Take it into captivity. Put it in a cave. Get rid of it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to get rid of it. I can get somebody to come and play so everybody thinks I'm almost done. Get rid of that. You know, Romans, the book of Romans says those that are dominated by thoughts of the flesh, that death enters man. But those that are dominated, those that are dominated by the thoughts of the Holy Spirit, that life comes. Let me ask you, are you, are you making sure, are you being alert to the things that are entering your mind? You say, well, it's not hurting anybody. It's hurting you a lot. 
Because what the enemy does is he makes arguments and builds walls and fences, and all of a sudden you can't get out your little bubble and you can't conquer. Why? Because you've believed the little lies of the enemy. Some of you in here, you, got, you ever seen somebody that they're skinny as a rail, they look in the mirror and they think they're fat? There are people that they think, they think they're fat and you're like, you're skinny, you're little. It's a disorder. What is it? It's somebody that's believed a lie. There are people in here, you look in the mirror, you think you're ugly. But you have to start to know that you are made in the image of God. There are people in here, you think you're stupid and it's kept you from doing great things. You're around smart people and you feel inadequate. And God says that you have the mind of Christ. There are people in here, you think you'll never get married because of your personality. And God says, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. You're either going to accept what the enemy puts in your life because of a heightened state of emotion that you went through. There are some of you, you have issues. Maybe your father or your mother, you were little, they told you that you would amount to nothing. And you believed it. And you would say, you know what, I'm older, I don't believe it. But you live like you will amount to nothing. You live like you won't be able to conquer anything. How many of you know we gotta we gotta break out? We gotta begin to say we got the weapons to overcome. See, I love that they they brought them out. They brought them out the cave. They exposed these things. They exposed the enemy to the light. You know, Jesus even did this. When he would cast out a demon, he would say, "What's your name?" See, you got to know something, that there are certain things that attack your life. You need to know what it is. You need to bring it to the light. you got to say, this rebellion's got to go. This relig- religious spirit's got to go. This lustful spirit's got to go. This addictive addiction spirit's got to go. Come on. What is it that's attacking you? You need to know his name. And you got to know that you have the power to overcome it. I said you have the power to overcome it. Listen, in Luke 10 it says this. Jesus says, listen carefully, which makes me think I need to listen carefully. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over the power of the enemy, Satan, and nothing will in any way harm you. We need to just take that and run with it. You got to start to believe that you got the authority. Listen, after you begin to identify it, you need to put your foot on the neck of that thing that's hindering you. How many of you know that if you put the neck, your foot on the neck of somebody, they lose their voice? They lose their voice. I had a friend one time. It was so fun. It was like uh, I was around 20 years old, and we would we would find these big guys, you know, that, that you, it just looks like they can smash somebody's head in. And, uh, and, and this little guy, he knew how to wrestle. He knew how to wrestle and do these submission things. And, and, and what would happen at first, this big, this big guy, then we, we'd say, okay, we, we would pretend like this guy was just a little wimp and whatever and say, okay, y'all fight. And so this big guy at first would like body slam him, but this guy would like hold on to him like a crab somehow and like run up the guy's body, and he always got to the guy's throat. It didn't matter how big 
the guy was, it didn't matter how many times the guy got slammed, he found his arms around this guy's throat and would choke him out every time. It was beautiful. The big bully that was running his mouth, all of a sudden it was just bliss seeing them lose their voice. And God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to put your foot on the enemy's neck. How do you do that? You do that by starting to declare the word of God. When you declare the word of God, you are putting your foot on the enemy's neck and you begin to wreak havoc on the enemy. Listen, those five key kings, I believe it, it represents five areas in your life. And I'm going to go over these and we're going to close in like one minute. But see, there are priorities, there are different areas in our life that, that the enemy wants to get in. And you have to start to get the word of God in you when it comes to you and God. The first thing is the enemy wants to come and deceive you about your relationship with God. How many of you know that Romans 8 says that there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus? See, some of you believe that you can only get so much out of God and God's not pleased with you. You got you to gotta put your foot on the enemy's neck. You got to say, no, you're gonna, you got to shut your mouth. I'm declaring that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Come on. It's not enough to think it. God says, when you pray, say and you begin to say, you begin to declare, you begin to say, there is nothing that can separate me from his love. If God is for me, who can be against me? You got to stop and say, when you have those thoughts come, the Bible says you got to begin to put up the shield of faith and use the sword of the Spirit, open your mouth and use the Word of God and put your foot on the enemy's neck. He's not going to talk anymore when he begins to hear the Word of God come out your mouth. Come on, when's the last time you stopped and you said, you know what, I'm going to begin to declare the word of God. I'm going to begin to declare the word of God over my family, over my situation. Some of you, you feel inadequate, but God says that you're seated with God in heavenly places. I don't know about you, but if you're seated with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that tells me you're not inadequate. Come on, you might feel a certain way, but you got to know in Psalms, the Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. You got to start to stand up and tell the enemy, I'm God's masterpiece. The thoughts of God are as numerous as the sands on the shore. God loves me, I'm his masterpiece. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Philippians 3. Come on, you got to begin to say, I'm going to use the word of God. How many of you here are saying, I'm done? with just going, coasting through life and not conquering. I'm ready to declare the word of God. Listen, telling God how you feel and think, that's good. Do it. But there comes a point when you got to say, I believe in God's word and I'm starting to declare it. Listen, over, over your family, Isaiah 54 says that your, your children will be taught by the Lord and that they will enjoy great peace and that any weapon that's formed against you, it will not prosper. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your left hand, and nothing will go nigh your dwelling. Instead of staying up, being worried about your kids, why don't you rise up and begin to declare the word of God over them? You all of a sudden put your foot on the enemy's neck. 
well, you know what, I, I, I can't really do anything for God, I can't really do anything for my ministry. This is the fourth thing, I can't really enter in the purpose of God. God says, listen, in Galatians 3, that he's redeemed you from the curse of the law, that he became a curse for you, that you might have the blessing of Abraham. Read the blessing of Abraham. Genesis 12, you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Those who bless you will be blessed. Those who curse you will be cursed. Come on. And in your life, you say, you know what, I really can't do anything great for God. It's a lie. I will only just be a regular worker, a regular mom, a regular dad. God is extraordinary. And he lives on the inside of you. There's nothing regular about you. Come on, if I can just, if I can just charge you today to begin to declare the word of God, you're going to begin to see the atmosphere in your life change completely. There will be no more limits. There will be no more uh, excuses. We got to declare it. Come on, with your occupation, you got to start to say everything that, in Deuteronomy, it says everything that I put my hand to do is blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm the head and not the tail. When it comes to your finances, you got to begin to say that I begin to overflow. Come on. That I got the blessing of Abraham over my life. Quit accepting that negative in your bank account. Begin to rise up and say, no, I'm going to begin to speak God's word over my bank account. I'm going to begin to speak God's word over my situation. Quit taking it. Quit taking it. Come on, if you say I'm, I'm, I'm done with just taking it, I just want you to stand to your feet right where you are. I'm ready to declare God's word. You know what happens? After they put their foot on the enemy's neck, the Bible says that they killed these guys and hung them on a pole. I think... I think there is a way to eliminate your enemy, and this is how you do it. You probably heard the story before, but I wanted to start running around my neighborhood, and I couldn't because there was a little chihuahua in the neighborhood that had, like, teeth, like, they looked like sharp daggers and knives, and they were, it was ferocious, and this little bitty 30-pound dog, I'm, I'm over 200 pounds, you know, comes and starts to snipping my heels, and I'm like, I can't run. And I thought, wait a second. This little dog is keeping me from doing what I want to do. You know, that's how the enemy is. He's just, he just, he, he barks until you back away from what God really wants you to do. He, he, he puts worry, he puts whatever, you know, in your life. And, and, and one day I was like, I'm done with this dog. I'm just going to go run. And I, I, I started running. I don't know what happened. The dog ran into my foot. I was just running. I didn't hit the dog. If you're a dog lover, I'm sorry. I just kept running, minding my own business. The dog hit my foot and went <laughs> and started spinning in the air. I never saw that dog again. Some of you are really offended. Dog lovers, I'm sorry. He, he ran into my foot. I was just running straight. He cried home. I ran every single day after that and never sell that dog. No problems whatsoever. That's how God wants you to be with the enemy. See, see there's somebody that you're bitter with, 
and it causes you to avoid them everywhere you go, if you want to eliminate the enemy, begin to do the opposite of what the enemy wants you to do. Well, you know, I have a problem with them. I, I, I'm, I'm staying away. No, get out your car and go tell them, hey, say, how you doing? Pay for their meal. I don't want any. No, do the opposite. If you do the opposite, then the enemy loses. Come on, somebody. Come on. In your life, you see somebody hurting, need somebody to talk to. But your flesh is like, man, I, I, you know what? I, you know what I did last night? I, I raised my voice or I did X, Y, and Z, and, and I just don't feel worthy. Are you serious? You don't feel worthy? The King of kings, the Lord of lords, lives on the inside of you. You have the answer of life in the inside of you. Get over it. Begin to say, there's no condemnation in me. I'm seated with God in heavenly places. I'm with God. I am one with God. And you go over to that person and say, what's your need? God can heal you. Silver and gold I have none, but this is what I have. Get up and walk. Quit avoiding. Quit avoiding. Run to it. Don't run from it. I believe I have a picture in my mind of this congregation running towards the things of God in their life, that they're done, they're beginning to declare the word of God, and the things that the enemy has trapped them with, they have eliminated with the word of God, and they're running towards their purpose. Listen, like David and Goliath, he did not tiptoe to Goliath. He ran towards Goliath, and it didn't matter how loud he was. He got the rock, and it went right in between his forehead. Why? You need the word of God to go right in between the enemy, and you need to begin to run after that thing that you've been avoiding. Come on. You need to run after that thing that you say, you know what, I, I've just, you know, maybe it will work itself out. No, no, no. Begin to declare the word of God and begin to run after it. Come on. This is the year that God is calling you to conquer. This is the year that God is calling you to overcome. Come on. If you believe it today, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. I just believe right now God is giving you anointing. He's giving you anointing right now. I want you to receive it. And it's the anointing to preach the gospel to the poor. It's the anointing to heal the brokenhearted. It's the anointing to set the captives free. It's the anointing to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the anointing to be oaks of righteousness for the glory of of the Lord. It's the anointing to run after those things that God has for you. It's the anointing with no limits. Come on, say this with me. Say this with me. By the blood of Jesus, I take up the sword of the Spirit, and from this day forward, I will fight. I will fight. I will fight, and I will, I will receive the victory. Come on, come on. Some of you, you haven't declared the word of God in a long time. This is the week you're going to begin to see God move in your life. Lord, I thank you for everybody that lifted their hands. I thank you, Lord, that this week, just as when you speak, it is like a sword that comes out of your mouth. Lord, I thank you that they are your ambassadors, that they will begin to declare your word. And like your word says in Isaiah 55, that your word will not go void. Let them speak with faith. Let them speak with courage. Let them speak with boldness. Let their foot go on the enemy's neck and let them run to the purpose that God has for them. I thank you for promotions. I thank you for new businesses. I thank you for influence. I thank you for governmental influence. I thank you, Lord, that they begin to step in 
to their divine destiny. No more living low. I thank you that they're seated with you. Let them conquer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Come on. If you believe it, give God a shout today. If you believe it, give God a shout. God bless you guys. Let's win. Let's conquer. Hug your neighbor. Tell them I'm in this with you.